Welcome to Sport Faith Life. I'm Chad Carlson. And I'm Brian Bolt. We're two guys from rival schools who came together with one common purpose, to think deeply about sport and faith. We're sports scholars, we're coaches, and we're competitive athletes, or at least we were. And together, we've created Sport Faith Life, a conversation that meets at the intersection of sport and faith. Today on Sport Faith Life, we welcome Reverend Dr. Vernon Went and Melvin McLaughlin. Vern is the author, and Melvin, or Sugar, is the subject of a new book called Sweet Shop, The Basketball Life and Legacy of Melvin Sugar McLaughlin. Sugar earned his nickname by being one of the best long-range shooters the game of basketball has ever seen, long before the invention of the three-point shot. The book describes Sugar's amazing talent and how his Christian faith helped him through the highs and lows of basketball glory. Sugar's story will inspire others to pursue their dreams and realize the sweetness of discovering God's purpose. Let's get started. Well, we're excited to have our guests with us today. We have two people. We have the Reverend Dr. Vern Went, who is the author. We have Melvin Sugar McLaughlin, who is the subject of the book Sweet Shot, The Basketball Life and Legacy of Melvin Sugar McLaughlin. This is a biography of basketball legend. It's also a book about faith. Before we talk about the book, let's learn a little bit more about these guys. Vern, we'll start with you as the author. Tell us a little bit about sport and faith in your life. Sure. Well, I grew up, uh, I'm the youngest of seven. I had three other brothers. And uh, yeah, my sisters were athletic also. So I was heavily involved in sports, uh, especially baseball and basketball. I was a, I was a star baseball pitcher. Uh, I was telling my wife, I have a, still have the rocket baseball record of 13 strikeouts and six in the game in the Grand Rapids, so in the rec department records. Uh, but basketball became the love of my life. Um, I was too small to play football. I played football a little bit, you know, just touch football and little tackle in the backyard, but uh, too small to play football. But uh, basketball was just my passion. And um, because of that, uh, this is how I kind of dovetail with my Christian faith because I had a church team, uh, Mr. Quinder, who Quinder's all played at Hope College, you probably know those names. Uh, he was my basketball coach in, in the church league, playing all different places. We just played tack, tack, play with Tacker and um, uh, ended up going to Taylor University's basketball camp where, uh, again, Christianity was very well emphasized and how important it was for uh, our faith and uh, kind of a combination of both of them. Well, that's great. Uh, we'll move over to the subject. Uh, Sugar, why don't you tell us a little bit about sport and faith in your life? Well, you know, I've uh, I participated, in, participated in sports when I was like in the fifth grade. Um, you know, I played uh, pretty much everything, baseball, football, basketball. But um, as I got older, I started to get a love and a passion for the game of basketball. And um, I continued that, um, you know, all the way until now. And it's been a very important part of my life. Um, I've, I've been blessed, you know, from up above to be able to have accomplished a lot in the game of basketball. And um, it's just been a, a treat to, to experience all the things I've experienced, the friendships that I've created, um, all the accomplishments that I've accomplished. And, um, you know, just being able also to give back now to the kids in the community as well through the game of basketball. So it's been a very, very important imperative part of my life. Well, thank you to both of you for joining us. And, um, you know, sometimes when a person becomes famous in sport, everyone knows their name. And in this particular case, I think the local uh, group 
certainly knows the name Melvin Sugar McLaughlin, but the name is not known everywhere else. And so we'll have to unpack the story a little bit as we go forward. Before we do that, I just wonder, just to get to know you, thanks for writing this book um, and telling this story, uh, Vern, but tell us a little bit about you that maybe people don't know, just to maybe a little tidbit, something. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, going back to what Chad asked, uh, basketball is such an important part of my life. Uh, I ended up coaching basketball at Taylor University's basketball camp. I was pre-med. My dad's a retired physician. My brothers are physicians. And during the summers coaching at basketball, I ended up uh, being called to the ministry. I'm an ordained Lutheran pastor in Missouri Synod for the last 31 years plus. Um, and uh, Sugar, uh, going back, you know, this may be part of the interview, but Sugar was uh, the player that I admired the most growing up. He's uh, a little bit older, not that much older than me. I, I saw him play as a, uh, I think he graduated in 79. I graduated in 82. So a little overlap there. I saw some, you know, the players at East Grand Rapids play against him and whatnot in summer league, but uh, never saw anybody like him. So uh, I would boast to everybody. Uh, wherever I've been in the country, Los Angeles, South Korea, around the world, uh, the best shooter I've ever seen and remains to this day, Melvin Sugar McLaughlin. I don't care. Live TV, wherever, it's unbelievable what he is able to do. Still is able to do it. Well, there are a handful of great nicknames out there, but I don't know if anything beats Sugar. I mean, Sugar is just a pretty fantastic nickname when you think about a person playing basketball. Uh, Sugar, can you give us a little bit of uh, maybe a little something about your life other than basketball that people don't know? Well, um, you know, I have other interests that I, you know, I like to participate in. You know, well, it's, it's still dealing with sports, you know, I love tennis. I love tennis and, um, you know, I love to uh, physically work out at the gym and, um, you know, I still get my couple hundred of shots up a day as well. You know, basketball has been a very, very essential part of my life. Um, even up to this point, I'm 61 years old and, um, you know, it's still a very, I still have a great passion for it and great love for the game. So, you know, my, my life is pretty simple. Um, I don't, um, do too much outside of playing basketball too much. You know, I like, like I said, I like to play tennis or what have you, or, or uh, you know, go to the beach or what have you, you know, do something really, really relaxing. Um, so that's basically it with me. I'm just a very simple, simple person. Simple man, simple men are the best. Um, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of background. I, I wonder if we could start just kind of getting into the content here and getting into your story. Uh, Sugar, if you could tell us, you know, where did that nickname actually come from? That would be great to, to know sort of when that started. And then uh, what did it feel like when a, when a guy like, like Vern here comes and says, I want to write a book? Well, the name Sugar came from my, um, when I was in the fifth and sixth grade, we used to go to this community center in our, in our neighborhood. It was called Baxter Community Center. And um, a guy named George Knight, George Knight was running it. But we used to have asked after school program, where we had like a league for all elementary schools in the community. And um, I used to go down there and we used to play on every Saturdays. And, um, you know, I got, was playing a particular game and he was watching, we had you know, a nice little crowd there watching us with parents and, and the people in the community. And, uh, you know, I pretty much got in a little zone there, you know, and um, I did this shot coming down between my legs behind my back and I shot a long, long, long bomb. And it went in and he just yelled out, Boy, that name was, I mean, that shot was Sweet as Sugar. He said, that's what I'm going to start naming you. Your, your name is Sugar now, Sugar, because that, that was a sweet move you just did. And it just stuck from that point on. 
Brian he's Hank. one of the local legends. He's one of the local legends in, in the city of Grand Rapids, too. Yeah. He had a, a, a beautiful and great career at uh, Niagara University and also with the Grand Rapids Tackers back in the day. Well, there's plenty of legends from the city of Grand Rapids, Michigan, when it comes to basketball, that's for sure. Sugar, your name is among the tops for sure. And uh, it's, it's fun to hear the genesis of that nickname. Um, I, I'm wondering if you can share a little bit about uh, some of the accomplishments that you've, that you've had in basketball and, um, and how you feel, you know, what you feel is, has been your, your, your greatest achievements. Well, you know, I've been blessed, you know, from up above to, uh, you know, to, first of all, to have the talent and then to have the work ethic to develop my skills um, to accomplish the things that I accomplished. I, uh, you know, I pretty much accomplished um, all the things I wanted to accomplish in the game. Um, you know, my, my jerseys are retired. I um, was MVP of, 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 of the MAC conference. I have, you know, scoring records both in high school and college. Um, got drafted. Um, but the book, meeting Vern and, and allowing this book to take place has been the really the, the, the highlight of my career. It kind of embraces and, 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 and embodies everything that I've accomplished on the basketball court and off as well. So giving back to the community, me accomplishing things that I accomplished on the basketball court allowed me to come back and give back to these kids in the community over 25 plus years now. And um, that's been a very, very special um, accomplishment in my life as well. So, but, but Vern coming into my life, meeting Vern in a unique way that me and my brother met him um, has been a very, very special to, um, to have someone that wanted to take the time out to, you know, to, to write a book about my career. Um, and that's very, very special. So that pretty much is a topping on the cake for me and saying, uh, well, let, let's go to that process, Vern, uh, and tell us a little bit about First of all, he's your kind of your childhood hero. Yeah. Um, certainly locally, and then uh, an opportunity to meet him. It sounds like there's a story there. And uh, how did you get this idea for this book? Uh, uh, just out, actually, I have been thinking about this for a long time. And uh, as I said, everywhere I've gone, I've coached basketball, used basketball as a tool for evangelism in different churches and settings I've served. And I've always boasted that the greatest basketball player I've ever seen came from a hometown. And people said, what? Who's Melvin McLaughlin? Who's that? And they never heard of him before. I said, well, someone's got to write a story. So out of the blue, I uh, wrote a letter. And I actually, I Googled, is this Sugar's address? I forgot the exact address. I, I, I sent this letter. Never heard boo from anybody for about maybe, it must have been two months later. Well, Sugar had been sitting on the letter waiting for Bobby to come in town. <laughs> and he pulled it out. The, Bobby's his oldest brother, very significant part of the story is Bobby. Um, and uh, he pulled it out and sold it to his brother said, and uh, what do you think? And uh, Bobby responded back, this is what we've been praying for. So immediately they called me up on the phone and I see this Grand Rapids number and I get a lot of spam calls. I live in Chicago. So I got a lot of 616 numbers that are spam. And this deep voice on the phone says, hey, this is Bobby McLaughlin. And uh, then next thing you know, gives the phone to Sugar, and uh, we just start chatting on and on, and we've been close friends ever since. We've been swapping basketball stories and uh, childhood stories, growing up in the, kind of the same era. Um, you know, the school segregation, and you know, East Grand Rapids being a big suburban white school, and Sugar being kicked out of the gym in East Grand Rapids, and all kinds of you know, swapping stories. And um, yeah. it was just just a, a, a just been a, 
a privilege to get to know Sugar. It's been a, a great part of the story. Is uh, you know, I go back in town. We he uh, tries to teach me how to shoot still <laughs> for the gym. Um, I, I can't I can't compete. I can't throw it that far. But um, it's just been a, a fun story to be a part of and to get to know the family and uh, the love they've had for each other and uh, getting to know more about Sugar. Every, every every time I talk to somebody that's seen Sugar play. They just brighten up, right? I miss it. They just remember it distinctly, the joy that he brought to the game. And that, that's something that I can't communicate in words. Uh, just, it was just, just something about him that he knew this was God's gift for him to do. And he, he was doing it well, uh, like nobody else I've seen. And so, uh, yeah. As a shooter, uh, yeah, sugar is second to none, right? And and the quotes you have uh, in the book on the back cover, it's a, it's a who's who list uh, of basketball people that know the game, that have played the game, NBA players, coaches, college players, coaches saying this guy shoots it as well as anyone we've ever seen. He's the best player that we've ever seen. Uh, and if there had been a three point line used in the way it's used today, you know, everybody would know his name, not just in the, the greater Grand Rapids area, but everybody would. And so it's something that's really interesting about this storyline is we've got this, we're talking about this phenomenal basketball player, this legend who doesn't quite get a chance to play in the NBA like he really wants. And yet, as, as Sugar alluded to earlier, you know, one of the greatest accomplishments is the ability to have time, 25 years plus, to give back to a community that, that, that helped raise Sugar to become who he was. And so, Vern, can you talk a little bit about the arc of that storyline here? This this sure, great, this legendary basketball player doesn't quite make it in the NBA, but ends up having a greater purpose that he serves around town and how that how that played out for you. Yeah, that's, that's a major part of the story. He's, he's a, uh, in fact, a lot of people say Sugar's a better person than he is a player. Um, lots of people have told me that just you know, getting a chance to know him. And I, I agree. Um, community looks up to him as a role model. He never left Grand Rapids, like some of the stars that went out of Grand Rapids and uh, like Guard lives in Cincinnati and other players like that. He's still the, the local legend. People to this day uh, will walk up to him when he's out to eat and they'll thank him, uh, not only just for his game, but also for giving back to the community. And uh, a little bit of background on the story uh, that Sugar can get involved in as well, but uh, Grand Rapids helped raise Sugar almost too, including his family. Because uh, you know, Sugar moved from Ann Arbor to Grand Rapids about eight years old. His mom died 11 years old. And uh, one of his sisters uh, died about the same year. And uh, so and then they, they had taken his sister's kids in the same house. And so uh, all this stuff was going on in his life. The basketball becomes a stability. But also there's people in Grand Rapids that are reaching out to him, coaches and uh, mentors as well. Uh, Grand Rapids Tackers, he'd meet in the different courts, uh, local basketball team that was uh, pretty prominent when we were growing up. Um, and so Sugar, I think, has embraced that, hey, people gave back to me. It's my chance to give back to the community. So yeah. pass, pass it on. Yeah, I, um, and that's just a tip of the iceberg there. Uh, and I wondered now if, um, Sugar, you could talk a little bit about family. You mentioned Bobby already. Um, I wonder if you could just give me a little connection to um, your early years, the people that influenced you, and then how that's progressed as you continued on through life. Well, you know, we had a close-knit family. Um, we, um, my brother, which um, helped out a great deal. He was like my brother and my father and my best friend all in one. When my mother passed, you know, um, she passed 
when I was uh, at an early age. And, um, you know, so that left me and my father and my brother and my two sisters, which one sister was uh, living out of town. So we didn't get a chance to see her a lot. She was my oldest sister. And then my other sister was living in Kalamazoo. So it was just basically me, my brother and my, uh, my father. And he, you know, he kept us, you know, he was a hardworking man and he kept the family tight despite, you know, losing my mom at an early age. And, you know, then we had to take in my, 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 uh, my nephews and nieces, prevent them from my father took them in and my mother as well before she passed away, took my uh, sister kids in so that they wouldn't go to a foster home. So, you know, we had a house full of kids at that time when I was coming up, but we was very close knit, you know, there was a lot of love involved and, um, that's pretty much, you know, as far and also the community, it helped, you know, it obviously it takes a community to raise a child and our community was so supportive. You know, the neighbors always watched out for one another, the, the parents and the neighbors were close with each other. So that helped a lot too growing up as well. Um, and then I had a lot of good, you know, positive influences in the community as well, as far as some of the old school um, legends, basketball players, they took me up under their wing um, as I was participating in, you know, developing my game in the parks and in the gyms, you know, I looked up to a lot of them and they, you know, mentored me and monitored, you know, and they made sure that I was on the right track as well, along with my brother as well. So I had a lot of guidance, positive guidance in my life coming up, which kept me on a good uh, path as well and focus. People that seems like continue to, to speak into your lives, even if they're not actually speaking words, right? People that continue to resonate with you. So you're going through having a distinguished career at Grand Rapids Crescent High School, um, and then on to Central Michigan as a, as a distinguished player there, uh, playing in the MAC. Central Michigan has produced a, a number of NBA players. Growing up in Grand Rapids, you're only 45 minutes away from Lansing. You're only a couple of years younger from Magic Johnson. The quote uh, in the book that, that stuck to me is, that, is, is saying that the two greatest smiles in Michigan basketball are Magic Johnson and Sugar McLaughlin, right? So, so clearly you're doing something uh, as well to be able to, uh, that people see in you, right? It's not just basketball, it's the big smiles, the joy as you're playing. And then you come to this point after Central Michigan where you got these NBA tryouts, you're spending time with NBA teams and, and it's, it's about more than just basketball at that point in time, right? Your ability to get an NBA roster uh, has more to do than with, uh, it's more than just you being able to make shots or not make shots, right? That there's a lot involved there and you get to see the underside of professional basketball in the early eighties. Right. You know, the, the people that are at, at that cusp uh, that have been a part of my life, uh, you know, they say, uh, God, it's God's will for me to be in the NBA, right? I know it's going to happen. I trust in Jesus Christ. This is the ultimate goal. This is what's going to happen. And then it doesn't for some guys. What's that like for you? What does that do for you and for your belief in, in, in whatever it is you might believe in? And, and how does that, you know, how do you live with that now, you know, 40 years beyond when, when all that happened? You know, you know, that's what's well said. Uh, that's the most hardest part about it all. The whole journey is, you know, knowing that you gave your heart and soul to something that you have such a love and passion for. And you get into these situations to where you're really not in control of it. You know, it's, it's, it's a whole different narrative um, because each time that I had the opportunity to prove myself, you know, I pretty much did, but it wasn't enough. Um, and that's what was the most discouraging part about it, me seeing the political side of sports. Um, you know, the teams that I, Cleveland and Detroit as well, the teams that I was drafting, I was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and then also, you know, being in an era which, to where I didn't have the three-point shot, which back then my game was so ahead of its time. 
and they wasn't playing like that back then. And I think that that didn't help me as well because, you know, I'm shooting 25, 35 footers all my life pretty much in high school, college. And then I get to the next level and they're not allowing me to do this because, you know, that wasn't the way the game was being played. But now if I was to come up in this era, it'd be a whole different story, a whole different, you know, narrative that would be, we'd be talking about. But uh, I think that because my game was so advanced at that time and they wasn't playing that way, it hurt me instead of helped me, you know, because they tried to change my game into something that I wasn't. It's like, you know, you, you, you're asking a painter, an artist, to, 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 to draw a paint, but you take away the paintbrush from it, you know? And that's what they did to me. That's the way I felt like they did to me. They didn't allow me to do what, what got me to that point to make me as successful as I was at that time. And so that's what's most frustrating about it, you know, me not really getting a fair shot at it like I should, I felt like I should have. And then, in doing so, I still proved myself that I could, you know, play at that level, but, you know, things are predetermined. It just wasn't in the car. So I had to, um, as years went by, I had to try to, you know, get a grip and get a better understanding of it that, you know, this is what God, you know, he has something else planned for me, you know, maybe I wasn't ready for the, 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 the social life of the NBA or the, the money and the fame, you know, and all the things that took place outside the court, off the court, you know, maybe I was, you know, he sacrificed me to do bigger and better things in my community with these kids and trying to show them the road to success and prosperity and happiness in their lives through my basketball camp. So, you know, that's just getting to, to understand why, 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 when I've been successful all up until this point, then I get to the highest point and then I, I start going through all these things that I, I don't understand. You know, why is this happening? That was the most discouraging part about it all. And then sometimes I still think about it. And I'm like, whoa, you know, you know, why, why this? Why me? You know. And Vern tries to make some sense of that with uh, what don't you Vern with, with some some biblical stories, some some biblical yeah. characters. Well, also, also uh, if I can chime in real quick, um, I thought I was a star too, growing up and playing basketball, and uh, I learned some politics myself in high school, and so I ended up transferring to. Uh, another school. And um, I got cut at that school. And I thought also that I was shooting, but that was not the offense back then for that particular school. They would toss to the big guys and I'd get scolded for shooting outside. And I was so hurt and so embarrassed. I went back to my high school. And uh, if I can name names, I'll name Grand Rapids and I transferred to Grand Rapids Christian. That's part of the reason why I went to Hope College actually. Uh, all my brothers and sisters, except for my sister, went to Calvin. Uh, most of the alumni from Grand Rapids Christian went on to Calvin, except for a few maybe went to Hope. And I was so hurt and embarrassed, I didn't want to see anybody. Um, and that became part of my testimony, as Sugar said, because people want to play intramurals, or I played seminary ball for a while. And uh, why don't you play? Why don't you play? And even when I was at Hope, uh, warming up for cross-country practice, uh, Coach Vanderbilt wanted me to go out for the freshman team at Hope. I said, ah, I, I, I don't want to do it. I, I'm too burned out. Hunters wanted me to play uh, two for their team at the time. They're a really good team. I probably wouldn't have made the team. Um, but uh, it was just became part of my testimony too. this. And so going back to what you're saying, um, God's got a better plan. And, and uh, looking back on it, um, God's used basketball mightily in my life, uh, pulling me into the ministry, uh, reaching out to all kinds of people, West side of Chicago, South side of Los Angeles, uh, they used to call me Bird down south in Jackson, then they call me Steve Kerr up here, so I lost my skill set that way. Uh, but uh, but uh, just a way to, to embrace people, because basketball is such a, a community game. And uh, so going back to what Sugar was saying, um, God has a better plan uh, to use the, whatever skills I had in basketball, the towers I put in, 
to uh, instantly connect with people. And, yeah, and I think both your stories, I mean, uh, for sure, we hear about the people that are successful, right, that break through and, and we celebrate those stories. Um, all of us have a ceiling in athletics, obviously, and uh, some of the stories are more uh, tragic, for sure, in terms of uh, the talent that a person has, and then something steps in the way, and that uh, ability... Um, God-given ability really to see the bigger picture in the midst of difficult times. I think um, uh, I've heard that now in, in both your stories and just the idea that um, if given the opportunity, we step back and, and try to recognize God's plan. Um, that's one of the wonderful gifts of, have, of being a person of faith. Um, so, and, and I think Vern too, if, if you, they were calling you bird and, and then it was Steve Kerr, I think you lost about 10 inches as well. So exactly. I don't know what happened there. Might've been the haircut. It could have been something like that. Yeah. So uh, I wonder sugar. So can I talk basketball a little here? I mean, either one of you guys, I didn't get a chance to see you play. I mean, I, I'm a, a little younger. Um, it wasn't an era when I, when you had YouTube clips. Um, so right. I never got out to Crescent High School. I was far too young to see see you play. Give me some comparisons. I went, um, who who would I know that uh, you would compare yourself to? I wonder. Um, Steph Curry. All right. Yeah, definitely Steph. Um, I mean, this game was very similar. Um, he. Um, but he reminds me of myself a great deal, man. Um, and it was just, you know, it's a beautiful thing when I see him play, you know, Dame Lillard, you know, all the long range shooters like Dame Lillard, um, Steph, you know, um, those cats, man, are shooting the long ball, the way they're doing it, um, you know, reminds me of my game back in the day because that's the way, I mean, that's the way I played. And, um, you know, I was a smaller guy, so I had to increase my range just to get my shot off. So that's why, and that's how my range came about, shooting the ball so far out. And so, you know, with great accuracy that I did because I had to give my shot over bigger guys because I was, you know, a, a smaller frame of guy. And, um, and I think that's what kind of, you know, intrigued people and fascinated people because I was so small. And um, being able to shoot the ball with such great accuracy and from such a long distance um, kind of, uh, you know, um, excited people. But, but they wasn't, you know, like I said, once again, they wasn't really playing like that back then. But I had, that's why I think I stood out so much, too, because I was a little different than the other players that was coming up, you know, that was playing in my era. And um, but if I if I had to describe a player, it would be definitely Steph, Steph Curry and Dame Willard, for sure. There's yeah. a legendary Indiana basketball player named Jimmy Ryle that uh, comes up uh, some old school people I interviewed that uh, had the range for about half court like Sugar did. So that's one one person will be free is another one. Um, that had no, no conscience shooting as well. Sure. Um, but as I, I love the quote that Gar, Gar Thompson is a good, good outside shooter, played for Michigan. Uh, and uh, he used to say that he couldn't even throw it as far as he could shoot it. And that's, that's amazing. Like they, he had nine, nine three quarters against Navy in the uh, NCAA tournament. So you, you talk in the book a little bit about, um, Sugar, you have an, uh, sort of a, an unorthodox shooting form right so so well over your head probably part uh -huh. of that is to be able to get the shot off over taller players but uh what's alluded to in the book is is part of that is that uh, a family maybe didn't have 
the resources to be able to have, you know, a one-on-one, a personal shooting coach. Not that that was a, a big thing in the era, but, you know, what did you notice as some of the, some of the social issues surrounding basketball? You alluded to those a few moments ago, but what were some of the things that you, you felt like you encountered that were, uh, that maybe helped shape who you are, helped you understand your identity um, that was maybe beyond basketball but that you experienced through basketball? Well, you know, just coming up in a, in a you know, a, a very, very loving, caring household, first of all, you know, and then understanding the um, different facets of life, being taught in my household by my mom and my pops and my bro, you know, learning to, um, you know, to, to be respectful, to be kind, um, no matter who you are, you treat people as you want to be treated. Um, and then basketball, being involved in sports, you know, it allows you to, you, you get a sense of dedication and, and a desire and discipline in your life. Um, and you, you create like a, a really hard work ethic. And that's what, um, I think that's what helped me be successful in the game of basketball because I understood those values and those essential aspects of the game. But, but the things like the work ethic, being dedicated and having the desire and discipline to, um, to get better as a basketball player and as well, not just a basketball player, but as a person as well, you know, treating people with kindness and love and, you know, and, and, the, and the consideration and thoughtfulness. Um, and I don't care who you are, you, you don't, you know, and, and it doesn't matter how much money you got or how much material things you got. I try to pe- treat people always the same and treat them as, a, you know, as I would want to be treated as well, you know, respect and, and kindness and, you know, a lot of love. Man, that's what we need in the world today. And I think we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't dis- display that at all as much as we should as a race and as, as people, you know, as humans, man, we need to, to embrace one another, respect one another for who we are and try to get along you know, in a much better way than what we're doing. You know, like that stuff that's happened over in Ukraine, that's, that's, that's horrible, man. It's horrible. And it's, it's sad to see the families having to leave that country and the kids, you know, that's involved and in, in leaving their, 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 their families and their parents. And it's just, it's very discouraging. Well, I think it's clear from what you said uh, just now and, and your life, the way you've lived it, you're a man with a, a big heart uh, big talent, but also big heart. And that, um, uh, that shines through and it shined through in, in Vern's book as well. Um, and I, I just want to give both of you an opportunity. Um, if you haven't had a chance, I, I do recommend the book to, to everyone, uh, go out and get it. Um, it's probably, you know, New York times bestseller list, Vern, not, not quite yet. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, after this podcast, we'll see sure. what happens. Right. Oh, could not really go. Well, every, every I'll, I'll tell you, everybody that's read the story, uh, can't get enough of it. They they buy copies for their friends and family members that aren't even in basketball because they like the story so much. It's about somebody that's chasing after a dream. And as you mentioned, how you know the dream didn't turn out the way they expect, but uh, God had a better plan even. And uh, I would I would highlight what Sugar said. My my highlight my basketball career is meeting Sugar. Yeah, and it's a great story to tell. And we can't we can't hear enough of it. That's exactly right. Let me. Just give both of you uh, uh, one more chance, one sort of uh, final shot here to, to you know, uh, just give us a, a bit of a message um, just about your own life or, or this process of, of writing the book. Go ahead, I'll go first, I'll go first. I, I, I would say, uh, don't give up. I mean, whatever you're going through, uh, we, we see this in the Bible all the time, Joseph. Uh, I mean, I, there's so many stories about people that could have given up but they held on to their God-given dreams and uh, they realized in the end, God had a, such an amazing plan for them. 
by holding on to those dreams, whether it's sports dreams or off the court dreams. There's a reason God gave you those dreams. And we so easily get up and discourage. The devil wants us to get discouraged. But God has a reason for those dreams to give those to you. Don't give up on those dreams. Hold on to them until uh, keep on shooting those until you realize those what God has those reasons for those dreams. I agree, Vern. Um, I just like to take this time out to thank Vern, you know, for for you know being able to meet him, me and my brother being able to meet him, and uh, him being able to have the desire and dedication as well to to you know to write about the journey on and off the basketball court in my basketball life, and uh, you know it's been a, it's been a great uh, relationship that we have established in such a short time, um, and I want to let him know how much I appreciate him and, and all those that are involved to make this come to, uh, to reality. Um, and I wanna thank you guys as well for having us on today to talk about the journey and, 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 and the process that took place and making this all happen as well. I wanna add one more thing. I know your podcast could be cut, but uh, my editor, Jane Rubietta, who was a big part of the writing the story, she was recently hit by an SUV in December. I was in the hospital with, uh, she had some brain issues and, uh, some vision issues, so uh, please pray for Jane Rubietta as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, very sorry to hear that, Vern, and and um, yeah, obviously prayers to that. Family. There's a GoFundMe account for her too on Facebook. She didn't have insurance, so uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. It's been uh, great to meet you, Sugar. Um, yeah, my first you as well. chance to meet you, um, Vern. We'll see you again soon at the yeah. next conference, maybe. Right. Um, get Tom going, right? Get going on your next book. We'll 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 have you on uh, after the after the next one. Right. Thanks very much, guys. Okay. Thank you as well. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Sport Faith Life podcast. Find previous episodes at sportfaithlife.com and on Apple Podcasts. We're releasing each episode with a blog post authored by our guests, so you can find the blog for this podcast and other posts at the same website, sportfaithlife.com.